is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Red Dot Report. Your monthly MMA podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts and occasionally boxing when it happens to involve a mixed martial artist. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Brooks Fallon. And on this special bonus episode, we're just here to recap what was the biggest combat sporting event of all time, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather, T-Mobile Arena, August 26th. You were there on pay-per-view, apparently, because it sold 6.5 million of them. Yeah, this was, uh, get hyped. People did. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I heard there was big sections in the stadium that were empty, and they still did 80 million at the gate. Yeah, how expensive were those tickets? <laughs> right, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, so we did a special episode to preview this fight, where we talked about every which way it could go down. Are we excited? Are we not and um, now, I mean, it only seems fitting to do the opposite when it's over, right? It's a big event, obviously. But before we get into it, I hate to be this guy, but I got to read my prediction that I put to paper not <laughs> a few hours before it started. I called my shot. Here's what I said. Connor's biggest weapon in MMA is his wide stance and spinning heel kicks to set up his counter left. He's not much of a one-hitter quitter. So if he wins, it'll be the biggest upset in sports history. But here's my prediction. Floyd is typically a slow starter. McGregor is a fast starter. I think Connor is surprisingly competitive early on until Floyd gets comfortable. Then Mayweather picks him apart in the middle rounds before TKOing an exhausted and battered McGregor in the 10th round. Wow. And then I, I, uh, <laughs> I went on to say I'm definitely buying the fight but I don't have the excitement level of even just a good UFC event. McGregor is can't miss for me, though. He's a great self-promoter, backs it up most of the time with an entertaining style, and is great after his fights win or lose. I mean, that's pretty much spot on. Yes. See, <laughs> I yeah, I, I don't know when I'll ever predict a fight to the you know to that much of a T. So I had I had to get that out there. <laughs> That was definitely well done. Yeah, I won the MMA Junkie.com forums prediction contest. Did you really? So, uh, yeah, my check is in the mail for $0, and uh, <laughs> I can put that under my hat. But, yeah, um, yeah, every level of that was correct. Tenth uh, round knockout, obviously. But here's the thing. Conor McGregor, I think it's underreported story. Has he ever been involved in a boring fight, ever? I don't think so. It's crazy, right? Like you were like maybe if you go back to his regional days, but I've never seen one. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like here he is, you know, making the leap over to boxing, where he can't do the stuff that makes him an a lot of things at least that make him an entertaining mixed martial artist, and he still finds a way. Like this was before, even before this, like the undercard. 
for this. We ordered the pay-per-view. You came over to my house. We had a bunch of people over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I initially planned, 9 o'clock, let's get this pay-per-view. I want to see what boxing has to offer. I couldn't make it halfway through the first prelim, and I was like, I'm just going to hang out with people until the big fight starts. Like, boxing sucks. Boxing is boring. But Connor somehow made it work. If you, like, grew up on it and really were involved with it, I can see how... Uh, it, it would intrigue you, but and I'm, I know they were all world class fighters, especially on the main card. Pretty sure they were all title fights, right? I believe so. Yeah, the first fight I forget the guys. The, I don't even know the guys' names. It was a heavier weight fight. Yeah, it was some guy that's been around for a long time. Yeah, and I, I watched remember. maybe two of the rounds. Yeah, it's but, like uh, I don't it's know. Not, it's not in, in, intriguing boxing like Lamachenko. I could watch him fight. I'm going to watch Canelo and Triple G, but it's really got got to be like a big fight to yeah. get me involved. And even then, a lot of them are disappointing. Yeah, I agree. It's like it has to be the most upper echelon fighters against each other to really make it interesting. And like you said, even then, like, and it's not even just the sport itself. I can appreciate the talent involved and the, the, the just sporting aspect of it, but it's so corrupt the judges are awful, as we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. For the sure. referees are awful. Like, it's so... Like, I even heard on a podcast before the fight, a boxing guy was being interviewed on an MMA podcast because they're just trying to get a, a different perspective, and they're going over who the judges are going to be. And it's, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a, he's a good judge. He's a good judge. Oh, I haven't heard of that guy. That, that must be the ringer. They always bring in a ringer, so... Uh, they can have a split decision to make it interesting. I'm like, what, what the? F- you're just openly talking about this, like it's it's like crazy, blatantly obvious. Like Pacquiao fought like what a month and a half ago, ish, two months ago, mm-hmm. and he lost that fight. I think when their scorecards by five, six rounds, I had him winning by five or six rounds. My dad's a big boxing guy. He also, I mean, it's so blatantly obvious how bad the judges can be. I mean, it happens in mixed martial arts too. But at least I feel like in MMA it's incompetency, which I mean it's still not great, but I don't think it's like – in boxing it feels intentional. Like you've had hundreds of years to to figure this out. Yeah, I mean uh, I forget which Floyd fight. It might have been like the Canelo fight or something. But I mean Floyd just dominated the person and one of the judges had it as a draw. And they actually made it to where she – I don't think she ever judged like a big fight again or even judged a fight again. But a lot of times like – I mean – I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure we'll get into this fight, but those judges' scorecards were atrocious. Yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, even in boxing, it seems like you hear about dives, people taking dives a lot more often in boxing. I don't know. It's just like I want to like it, but it's just so one-dimensional. And it's not even like, oh, why don't you throw a kick? It's not even that at all. It's more like they're just you throw a punch and then you know clinch up and get separated. Over and over and over. Yeah, I mean, why don't we just get into what the judges' scorecards came out to be? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So I think two of the judges had it eight to one, Floyd. Yeah, like, yeah. Got finished in the tenth. I mean, that is. I mean, that's anybody with eyeballs could see that Connor won at least three rounds. That's criminal. Could maybe even give him four. That is straight up criminal. Yeah, I gave him four, but I could. The other judge had six to three, which that's reasonable. Like yeah. first three rounds. No doubt about it. 
I mean, Floyd basically gave them intentionally to Connor. I think he threw like t- less than 20 punches in the first three, he three threw, rounds. Yeah, he threw four punches in the first, six in the second, and six in the third, something like that. Yeah. Like clearly just conceding the rounds, trying to let, get him to exhaust himself, which he did. But regardless, how I don't care if Floyd landed all six of those punches. Connor was throwing like 30 to 40 punches. Yeah, you know, like I mean, he was poking him with the jab and stuff, yeah, but yeah. they were landing. They're scoring punches. Insanity. Which, the thing is, though, you just knew going in that the judging and the refereeing was never... He was Connor was never getting a benefit of any doubt under any oh. circumstance by going into the boxing. Like, you could see with Robert Byrd... <laughs> in the... In the in like, the, uh, like, the rules. Yeah. The stare the down thing. Stare down, yeah. He is... Staring directly at Connor the entire time, going yeah, on and on. Yeah, him. I'm not going to wrestle with you. Like, get over yourself. Real quick, a funny side note. There's a hilarious video online. Uh, what the ref really said to McGregor. It's like a voiceover on that. It is hilarious. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I mean, just one quick line. He's like, if you even try any of that UFC shit, I swing on you, my damn self. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely check it out for a laugh. I didn't think you know. The official involved with refereeing this fight was going to fall for the same. Oh my God, Connor's going to do something stupid and get disqualified. Bullshit. I mean, it's like a seven-eight figure penalty if he would have. Yeah, but uh, all right. What did you think? All right, yeah. So Connor lost. It's pretty much what happened. He looked fared pretty well early on. Like I gave him four. I think I gave him maybe the fifth or sixth to go along with the first three. I can't remember, but. Um, yeah. Thought he did fairly well before gassing out, like he always does, and uh, really bad getting uh, TKO'd. But what did you think of how he performed overall during this fight? Better than I you expected. I mean, overall, I mean everything. The pre-fight, everything. I thought. I mean, like Dana said, of course Floyd Mayweather's the A side. He is boxing basically, but I fight. I mean, Floyd would not have come out of retirement. No other boxer would have got that fight. Connor got that fight with the skill, what is what he's done, and with his promotional and selling ability. So that being said, in the fight, I was I, I thought Floyd was going to whoop him. Then the training video started coming out, and then the media workouts, and I was getting more and more hyped on Connor. Who knows? Maybe he could do it. Maybe he could do it. When he landed that uppercut in that first round, I mean, we went nuts. Did we not? Yeah, that was an awesome moment. That was a great uppercut, and it just missed knocking him out. That If that was on the button, I think it would have uh, done some real damage. Yeah, it kind of slid up the face, but that like set the tone for like the first three, three and a half rounds, where I thought Connor did great. He came forward. He didn't, he didn't box in this particular boxing sense with uh, Floyd, but I thought he did great. I was definitely surprised how fast he gassed. Cause I, didn't, I mean, Floyd didn't work him to the body too hard. By like uh, the end yeah. of the seventh, eighth round, Connor could not pick his gloves up. I feel like it's not like I think it's just him exerting too much energy, and it could have been an adrenaline dump because he had to be nervous, had some nervous energy going into this, you know, huge moment even for him. But like for you sure. said, he came out aggressive. I like that he was, you know, he had to. I feel like he had to do this. He had to come out, you know, try to put on a show, put some land, put. Leather to skin, and uh, you know, get the tone started the right way. Yeah, I mean, I I think Connor's fighting IQ really shined with how he handled handled himself. Like in the post fight, 
he was very fair with his assessment of the fight. Of course, a little bit biased to him. Now, yeah, like when I first started digesting the fight the day or so after, I was saying, you know, I think Floyd really let those first few rounds happen. That's what Floyd Mayweather does. I mean, my dad said it also, like he's a six-round fighter. Yep. He'll, he'll sit there and just figure you out. And then once fifth, sixth round hits, he's going to just figure your game out and really shut you down. And Connor even said that he changed the style up like two or three times. And it wasn't the standard Floyd uh, styles you're used to seeing with the shoulder roll and dancing around the ring. I mean, he really like figured him out and then came forward. Um, and I think, like I said, Connor was very fair in his assessment. He said he had a sparring partner that was, you know, putting his gloves up and putting his head down and coming forward. And he did that in the first six rounds of sparring. He would have rather do it in the last six rounds because he felt like he got tired trying to deal with that. I mean, Floyd was really getting inside. He was even turning around at some points. And Connor was using a bit of, like, MMA instinct where Floyd would, like, put his arm up. And he would, like he said, he was peeling his arm and getting to his back. And he said it a bunch of times where he thought he wasted a lot of energy getting to his back. Yeah, yeah. And then immediately getting broken up, yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, I do think that it was part of Floyd's plan to lose the first few rounds. Just, or not lose, but just, you know, let, let Figure him... Figure out what he's going to see. Yeah, let him do it. But I do think Connor even surprised him with how effective he was in that. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean he came out with a decent jab. I was surprised because I don't remember seeing him jab, use a jab too much in MMA. And, uh, yeah, I guess that was kind of uh, the biggest surprise for me there, but... Like you said, he gassed hard around the sixth round, maybe. Yeah. And he came yeah. back for a second, like the seventh and eighth, but by like the ninth, he was on weak legs. He was exhausted. Yeah. What do what do you believe him when he says like that he was gonna get a second wind and that absolutely, he, absolutely. You do? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you listen to Paulie when he, they did twelve rounds, even Joe Cortez said. Uh, on the MMA hour, he said it was it was. We saw Connor get real tired like that, but he, even Paulie admits that he he Connor did real good for like the first five rounds. It's exactly what Paulie said he did good for like the first five or six rounds. I took it to him until about the tenth, and Connor whooped my ass in the eleventh and twelfth round. Yeah, that's like where all that footage came from. Basically, it was the eleventh and twelfth round with Paulie. And it's rumors exactly what happened in the second Nate Diaz fight, right? He started out strong again, first two rounds. Looked like he was gonna, you know, have a repeat where he faded yeah. and got it finished. Like he was gonna do the same fight. But then somewhere around halfway through the fourth round, he or it was the fourth round, right? He got that second wind and looked like fresh again all of a sudden. So yeah. I don't know if it's just like a strategy of his or if it's just how his body seems to work. But yeah. well, he was pretty honest with it in all the interviews he did after the fight. He said, "I just I get to a point in the fight, it's this tip that I have to figure out where." I just I get so exhausted and I feel like I cannot see the the light at the end of the tunnel and I get real wobbly when I'm that exhausted. But he, you know he pulled through it with an ideas fight. I don't think he was going to pull through it in this fight because Floyd was definitely on a mission to really take it to him once he got him to that point. But um, I think Connor's definitely capable of working through that type of thing. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I don't know if you agree with me, but I thought the stoppage was perfect. Absolutely. He was obviously gassed, and he was just going to take more and more punishment, in my opinion. The fight was effectively over. There's no reason for him to take that much damage with uh, what he has on the line going forward. 
he was getting cracked and it's i mean it's different like when you have an mma like you can get hit behind the ear and behind the ear and you're gonna drop you lose your equilibrium on the drop but the boxing gloves you just can take those big flush shots and get a little rattled but you can take so many of them that i think it builds up worse so i think the stoppage was perfect yeah i agree with that and um yeah i don't know like what what do you think is next from here like he well, first, obviously what's uh let's talk about what did you think of like the whole the pay-per-view as like a program put together uh does not compare to a ufc pay-per-view not, i mean not even close it was i think they really really dropped the ball there they could have done some really cool stuff i agree like i was telling you i mean i don't know if this would have been a if this would have worked or anything but either maybe on the pay-per-view or on like Fox leading up to the pay-per-view. I felt like they could have, you know, replayed two or three of each fighter's, each guy's best fights, you know. Or at least the best moments of some fights, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like this was all about McGregor Mayweather. Nobody cared about anybody else on that car. Even as good as Bado Jack looked and Javonta Davis, that's his name, right? He uh, won with a rabbit punch to knock out you know, his, uh, his... I mean, but he missed weight, so it's just, I mean, it's, that sucks. Yeah, I just didn't care about anything until the main event started. Yeah. I mean, it was cool seeing the guy from Baltimore. Of course, we're from Baltimore. It's cool to see a guy come up, train with Floyd, and win, but he missed weight by, like, two pounds. I mean, I, I said it, and I'll say it again. Like, if you can't cut two more pounds... Yeah. I, think, I mean, that, everybody was saying he came in the ring, like, 15, 20 pounds heavier... I mean, you just can't do that. I mean, that was the biggest night of that kid's life. Yeah, that was crazy. And so, and there, that kind of, the weight cutting differences between boxing and MMA are stark. Which I think is uh, a story to be told in this uh, Conor Floyd fight because Conor was probably like 168, 165 and cut down to 154, which is pretty standard in the MMA world, if not even that much weight to cut. Yeah. And Floyd came in at 149, didn't cut weight. And didn't have to rehydrate after weigh-ins. I think Connor was definitely a little bit more full of water weight, a little bit softer to the touch of those body punches than Floyd would be, or or a real boxer. So I think that definitely landed to him gassing out. I think that's definitely part of his gassing out problem. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But I mean, Dio Dio Rocher, like it's it's. I think it definitely has. I'm sure the negotiations probably started. When do you think, like March or April? Like the yeah, real negotiations. That sounds about right. Yeah, but it was put together pretty quick for like a, this big of a boxing fight. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, and they did a pretty good job with the world tour and all, but just like when Connor was walking out, you couldn't hear his music, anything like that. Like, yep. I just thought it was pretty poorly put together. Yeah, it almost sounded like there wasn't music, but then you could kind of faintly hear it in the background. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that was definitely, and just it seems so bizarre with boxing. Like the ring is so old fashioned, and it just seems like you traveled back in time with this bright blue ring and the red, white, and blue. You know, yeah. it's kind of like you're watching an '80s Rocky movie all of a sudden. I, I think I, yeah, you're right. Like everything about it is old fashioned, and Charles Sonnen said it like the big big story here is about like why boxing is failing and why boxing is dying because you have things like those judges giving eight rounds to one to Floyd like 
and when Floyd fought Pacquiao, he was drinking Gatorade in his corner, like things like that. Like it's like grandfathered in, where the like the the number one guy can do what he wants. I don't know. It's just it's so crooked, and you can just see it dying right before your eyes. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I do agree with that. It's like. Yeah, this thing might have sold six and a half million pay-per-views. That's good for boxing, but I also think it shined a light on why MMA is so much better than boxing. Oh, for sure. And I, um, I think Connor's going to drag about you know at least a half a million extra with him wherever he goes from that. You know, half a million pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah. like I don't see him ever having. A fight where the pay per view doesn't make at least one and a half million buys. Yeah. From here on out. And to hear like Dana White flat out say that he would consider giving Connor like an ownership shape, uh, stake, and I'm sure they're going to have to talk about co promoting and stuff in the future, but it was a game changer for Huge sure. Huge game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it pretty much worked out as good as you could expect for everyone involved, which is kind of crazy. Right? Floyd gets to go to 50 and 0. He gets to do boxing proud with this finish, knockout, whatever. Connor did not embarrass himself, quite did the opposite. I think he earned plenty of new fans to bring back with him. Whether he does another boxing match or two, that remains to be seen. But I think his ultimate destination is back in the cage, back in the UFC. And I think his stock is doubled, you know, which is crazy to think because he was already the man. And he just keeps skyrocketing, breaking barriers. The UFC made money on this. Everybody made money on this. For sure. I, I mean, I think us. this was like a dream for Dana White to be able to have a guy take him and be a boxing promoter. You know what I mean? Like, he came up in boxing in the boxing world. Floyd talks about it all the time. And I think this was like a very big deal for Dana White to be able to go and do this type of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. How many, like, 6.5 million pay-per-views, how many of those do you think came from MMA fans, boxing fans, and then the casual fans? All right, well, let's see. Um, Connor holds the record, right, with Nate, 1.65 million pay-per-view buys. So I'm going to say 1.5 million come from, or maybe closer to 2, maybe close to 2 million. Like 1.8, yeah. Because then, you know, Mayweather Pacquiao did 4.4 million. So if you combine that, it's pretty close to that number. Well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a big casual fan. And then there's, I would say, maybe diehard boxing fans, maybe a million. And then the casuals would be filling the rest. Yeah, and they did a great job getting the casuals, you know, invested in this. Oh, for sure. I mean, everywhere I go, people were talking about it. Yeah, oh my god, it was so infuriating that Saturday at work, trying to hear all these people who could give two fucks about, you know, boxing or MMA. I've been working there for ten years and never heard you utter one word about it, and now all of a sudden you're this expert. Yeah, even so, after the fight, everybody talking about how, how it went and all, it's, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but But it's, I say that, but at the same time, if it's going to get... You know, new people invested in uh, combat yeah, sports and MMA, then it's good. I don't. No one starts out, you know, watching these sports like fully educated. And I'm not saying we are either. You know, we still always could become better fans and learn more and all that shit. But for sure, for sure. But it was just so, such a basic level. 
It was annoying. one of the coolest things from this whole thing was during the the world tour. Floyd calling out Nate. I love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he almost walked out with him, huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the story with that is. Yeah. Speaking of Nate, that's my prediction for what's next for Connor, and I think that does at least two million pay per views. The trilogy fight. Least, yeah. Put the lightweight belt on the line. This, you know, the first two fights were incredible. Both did amazing numbers. I, it's probably not justified, you know, for a lightweight oh, championship. Yeah. But it's no doubt in my mind that's the next fight that's going to be made. It's even less justified when they're having an interim title fight two months before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, man, this thing's going to be huge. And I don't know if it's a lock for his next fight, actually. I do think that Tyron Woodley is an option. No way. Not a chance. I do. Not a chance. I think Here's Con- what's going to happen. Here's my official prediction. Connor and uh, Nate are going to fight either like New Year's Eve card or late January, early, early February. Nate is going to beat Connor. Never going to fight again. And they're going to have to get the real belt to whoever wins Kevin Lee and Ferguson. Nate's and never going to fight again? The belt will be so far diluted that it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Why would Nate never fight again? I feel like he would be in line for... Million dollar paydays every time out, then. He doesn't need it after this next big one. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, why hasn't Nick come back and fought yet? Because he doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be back, too. I could see this. <laughs> uh, Kevin Lever's Tony Ferguson. It's going down in October at UFC 216. It's a good fight. It's a really good Fair. fight. I'd love to see the winner fight Connor, and I hope they do eventually. But they're definitely not next up for Connor. You got GSP Bisbing. November. GSP beats Michael Bisbing. <laughs> You're gonna see Connor McGregor versus GSP for the middleweight <laughs> championship of the world. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. No, not really. But if Bisbing beats GSP <laughs> yeah, so I was almost like trying to think about I was thinking GSP is a welterweight us even contemplating that for a second yeah I think if if Bisping beats GSP and then say GSP beats Woodley for the belt then I do think Connor will fight GSP GSP is the next man to hold two belts at one time could be could be but I legitimately think Connor McGregor could beat Tyron Woodley in a fight I I agree I just I hate Tyron Woodley so bad I would never want to see that fight but why? Because he's going to make so much money? No, because he's terrible. Yeah, but you like we Dan said... Dan White's going to give Woodley that fight when he wouldn't even get in the GSP fight? If Connor wants it, Connor gets it. And if no, Connor legitimately thinks he can beat him and win a third belt, are you Connor's kidding me? three or four fights left. That's it. No way. Tops. I say he fights until he's 36. Not a chance. All right, well, I'll bet you five bucks. <laughs> That's five thousand bucks. No way. <laughs> are you out of your mind? Anyway, what's what do we go? What's next here? All right. Um, what's next is all right. So Connor was the big crossover star from MMA into boxing. Could you see it happening again with anybody else? Is this going to set a precedent with like boxers coming over to MMA, MMA fighters trying out boxing for a super fight? 
It's funny you say that because I just saw a headline, I think it was today or maybe yesterday, Jose Alde wants to fight out his UFC contract to be a boxer now. Oh, my God. Is that not convenient? Yeah, that's pretty convenient. <laughs> uh, I'd laugh so hard when I saw that. No, I'm sure you're probably going to see it. I heard, uh, what was it, uh, Mikey Garcia is doing like an exhibition with Max Holloway. Oh, really? Yeah. He said it's 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 an exhibition, but it's they're, they're definitely it's going to be a hard exhibition. Huh. Well, so I think, who could? I mean, you saw it when Conor started his whole thing and started making a lot of money. A lot of people started following oh, the suits. Yeah. I think it's just going to keep going that way. I could. I'm more interested in trying to like see some high level boxers try to come over and see what they can do. Oh. I know James Turney tried it, but dude, that guy was like old and out of shape I mean, and didn't give a shit. Connor's a stand-up fighter, and he peeled Floyd's arm so quick and got to his back. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it, it was. If you want to agree to stand up and bang, it would be interesting, maybe. Yeah, but Get like a couple leg kicks and watch him limp around. Say you take a fighter that is almost strictly stand-up, and I don't know. You give a. I would just like to see like, like. Kickboxing, meet in the middle. Yeah, it's like a kickboxing hybrid type thing. Yeah, yeah meet in the middle with the kickboxing match. Yeah, yeah, could be interesting. Uh, who could you see from the UFC actually ha- finding success? To maybe to the level of Conor. I'm not saying could go win a belt or anything in boxing, but boxing. Could, could do pretty decent. Um, Stipe. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say Stipe, for sure. Um, uh, Cody. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go, Jimmy Manuel. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, I feel like he has great He's head movement. He's a Golden Glove champion already. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, then fuck me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he was an amateur Golden Glove. Ah, uh, still be cool though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he's got that. I mean, TJ uh, sparred Lamashenko. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> They're the same weight class. Uh, yeah. I'm oh wow! I didn't realize Lamashenko was so low. Yeah. <clears throat> But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd rather see everyone stick to MMA because it just feels like a waste of time to go into boxing. You take all that damage for what? Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy there's body shots they take and, I mean, that, like, destroys their kidneys. And I mean, but if, like, they got a shin to their kidney or liver, I feel like the boxers would still crumble. Yeah. Rather than the paddock glove body shots, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a completely different sport. It's like we've said multiple times. I heard the comparison. It's like a foot, NFL football player trying to go pro in rugby. Or like I said, what if Bryce Harper, you know, decided to quit MLB baseball and go play cricket? <laughs> you know, he they're similar sports, but... He, Are they? Cricket and baseball? No idea how cricket works. <laughs> it's a ball and a bat. But, uh, Isn't it like three sticks? Anyway, that's besides the yeah, point. Yeah, besides the point. Uh, like, he might eventually be good at it if he, you know, trained it long enough, but he's not going to go the next day and be the best player in that league. You know. Which I think speaks even higher for Conor McGregor's abilities. Yeah, I agree. But say, do you want to see him fight Pauly Malignaggi? Do you want to see him Not fight a chance. anybody Not a chance. in the boxing ring again? No chance. I heard the rumor that he's going to box again before he comes back to the UFC. You think Dan's going to let that happen? Does he have a choice? Absolutely. I don't know. I'm sure that was in the contract. I really hope not. I just, I don't want to see him fight boxing again. Especially not Paulie. I mean, I thought. 
Have you seen... I thought Paulie came out of this worse, but have you seen anything about Robin Black? I've been seeing everybody hating on Robin Black. What happened with him? I didn't even know who Robin Black was until like a month ago, and I haven't really watched any of his stuff. I know he's like an analyst, right? He breaks shit down. Yeah. Apparently he made a fool of himself over this. Yeah, I think he was saying that Connor was going to win and all this stuff, going to change the game. At least yeah. this is second, third hand, so... You know, I could be completely wrong, but I think it was something like that. Yeah. What did you think of the announcers, the the commentating team? Mario Ronaldo, uh, yeah, Albert. Yeah, I like that Paulie shut up for the most part. Yeah, he was professional. He did his job. Yeah. Uh, I thought Mario was good. I thought that was a smart. He's movie. always good. He's a yeah. legend. Yeah, he's he's as good as it gets. Just you know, you know, you Who can rely on Max Kellerman. No, it was Al Bernstein. Uh, okay. And uh, he, I don't know. I mean, sure, he was fine. Like, I didn't notice anything too bad about the commentating, except when, at some point, when Floyd literally, like, turned around and gave his back to Connor, and and someone, and I don't know who it was in the booth, was saying, he's he's not giving him his back. He's not giving him his back. And I was like, what are you watching? The ref even told Floyd not to. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm over boxing. Hope we never have to talk about it again. Overall, I mean, it was a huge event. I was happy with it. At oh, least the yeah. fight, anyway. It was worth the money. It went the way I expected it to. I don't regret buying it at all, you know. Yeah. As a one-time thing. But still, like I said in the thing I wrote down uh, on the message board with my prediction, like, until the fight, like, I, I was not that excited as I thought I would be. Not as hyped up as I thought I would be for it. Until, I was, like, leading up to it until, like, fight day. And yeah. And kind of Die down a little bit. Yeah. Once they got in the ring, though, it was like, oh shit, this is real. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Yeah. It was pretty bananas. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was definitely not sitting down watching it. <laughs> no, you were hopping around all over the place. Yeah. All right, let's get to. There's been some big news since our last podcast. We got to touch upon it. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, on the last podcast, I talked about how, no question, John Jones, best ever. What a redemption story. I love this guy. <laughs> I can't wait to keep rooting for him. You know, what a turnaround. Great post-fight interview. Fuck John Jones, man. I mean, he is the worst. Oh, my God. He pops. He uh, tests positive. Still not official official, but he has been preliminarily suspended. Blocked. Due to another failed PED test. Uh, it's hard to... I, I think it's clear he's just been using steroids for a long time. You don't get caught twice with the help passing, like, you know, not getting caught for a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, it's... I almost couldn't believe it. I, I've read the news. I thought I was, like, reading an old news article. I went through the five stages of grief, legitimately. <laughs> I was, like, did not believe it. Refused to believe it. Like, just offhandedly dismissed it when I first saw it. Then I was like, I got so angry. What is that noise? Huh? You hear that noise? No. That was Dave's fan's computer, I'm sorry. That's all right. And then I got so angry at John Jones. I just could not believe he would be so stupid to do something like that. And then came the bargaining with, uh, well, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it was someone... uh, you know, tainted his his sample or whatever. Maybe uh, 
you know, I'm trying to figure out any way possible that this could... Sabotage this sabotage is Yeah, exactly. But then, eventually, I came to accept that he is just the dumbest athlete in the history of the sport. Have you heard Shell talk about this? I heard you talk about Shell talk about this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to take from Shell at face value or whatever, but I mean, he seems pretty straightforward and honest about it, and he definitely has experience with it. No doubt. But, I mean, just from what he says, like, it's a steroid that it's expensive, it's dirty, it's illegal. People aren't going to smuggle that in to taint supplements with and stuff like that. It's a quick-acting, quick-leaving uh, steroid. It's an oral steroid, I believe. Turnable or something, right? Yeah, turnable. So, but apparently it, it's an oral steroid that's quick-acting and quick-leaving, and it makes you more aggressive. I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm looking at the facts right now until I see otherwise. John Jones definitely been using at least this time. I would say at least since his powerlifting on a suspension. Yeah. I don't know how far? I don't know. Of course, yeah. like John Jones didn't even used to train between camps and he would be fat and then ripped. And it's like fishy. six pack, nine pack ripped. It's fishy and, and it's a shame that it has to put every, his whole legacy in doubt. Yeah. You know, and. Sure, if something crazy comes out and he gets exonerated and it's like legit, like a legit reason, then I will take back, you know, what I'm saying. But for now, yeah, he's just a fucking cheat. And if you can cheat and not get caught, then more power to you. But if you're going to be stupid enough to put that at risk when you're so talented, so good that you don't need it at all, you get caught, you deserve everything that comes with it. I don't care. He's facing up to four years suspension. His career's over if that happens. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And what is the story going to be this time? Like, yeah, they're already trying to taint and supplement again. Or, well, uh, I mean, even if he is at least getting a year or two, right? No doubt. Yeah, even if it is a tainted supplement. Yeah, it's just reckless behavior, right? So it's crazy. I'm man. sure there will be more to talk about on the subject. Third time he's been stripped of a title. Yeah. If he gets four years, he'd be suspended for six years of his prime. It's just yeah. insane. It's monumental. It's like this guy could have went down as one of the best athletes in any sport ever. It's like hard to even find what to say about it. I think Dana White summed it up best with saying it'll be a great 30 for 30 one day. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'd watch it. All right. That'll definitely happen. Yep. Moving on. Brian Stan has announced his retirement uh, from commentating for the UFC, which to me is a real shame because I think he was the best in the business. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, he's retiring to be a realtor. Yeah. Just a little crazy. Well, head of a real estate firm. and Yeah. I mean, it's got to be paying bank. Oh, I'm sure, but Brian Stan's a pretty average, I mean, not average guy, but down-to-earth real guy. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Seems like a super nice guy, super just good at anything he wants to do uh, I mean he really you could tell did put so much work into it like he would work back to back shows on like a Friday Saturday and know every single thing about every single fighter in every fight like the guy was super smart super talented he was a great fighter too I mean that last fight with Vanderlei that was incredible yeah, hope he sticks around you know at least shows his face and maybe one day he'll come back you know if he makes enough money and just wants to have some fun, maybe he'll come back and do it again. Yeah, hopefully, like, guest on Fox every now and then. 
And uh, what, do you, but what do you think? Like, I think actually the UFC's been pretty lucky with being able to find guys that aren't bad. Like Daniel Cormier, Dominic Cruz. These guys have done pretty good, I think. Yeah, I think that just like lends to the culture of like the whole MMA world, especially opposed to like boxing. A lot of these guys are like Division One wrestlers, very highly educated, and uh, they're not just getting their brains beat in all the time. Yeah. I mean, they definitely take injury, but a lot of like those guys are all highly educated, and you don't see a lot of that in boxing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully the trend continues. And, uh, I'm sure we'll find another one. We, we can find the next Brian Stan to be sad about when he leaves to go work construction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. They must not be paying these commentators much. Right. Uh, all right, last piece of news, unless you had something after this. Um, <laughs> this crazy announcement that Bigfoot Antonio Bigfoot Silva is going to be pulling a Conor McGregor and crossing over to the K-1 cage to fight... The Verhoeven guy, I can't remember his first name. Rico Verhoeven. Rico Verhoeven, like the best kickboxer in the world. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I did not know that. This is insanity. He's going to get annihilated. He's been knocked out seven times in the past four years, I think. I think that's the stat. It's something crazy. Um, he's Holy never shit. been in a kickboxing match. He's, I mean, he's going up. Against a guy. It's kickboxing rules. Yeah, it's a kickboxing match. Oh my god, that's like putting a lamb out the slaughter. This is like the death penalty is legal wherever this is being held because that's what this <laughs> is like. Under glory or K one. K one. I believe. Still around. Uh, and oh, I, did, I literally fear for his life. I'm not that's even joking. Crazy. Like I, we could have another um, Tim Hague situation on our hands if. If Bigfoot does not quit fighting. Holy shit. It's yeah, crazy. he's like the next Tim Sylvia. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I just wanted to touch on that because I cannot believe that is happening. It's like one of the most ludicrous things I've seen since we started doing this podcast. I guess that's about the only thing they could charge people to watch for K1. <laughs> yeah, got to bring in some washed up um, MMA fighter who washed out of Risen, let alone UFC. Uh, did you have any news or anything? Uh, I think he touched the big points. I mean, we've got the pay-per-view coming up next month, right? That's right. In a couple weeks, actually. Less than two weeks. Not this Saturday, but the next. we got UFC 215 with uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson against Ray Borg and uh, <laughs> uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Amanda Nunes as the co-main. So we'll be back in a few weeks to recap that and a few other cards as well. If you want to hit, think Dana White might have mentioned the pay per view and like in the lead up of this once. Nope. <laughs> Not with DJ on it. Yeah, this Connor did six and a half million pay per views. This will do six and a half thousand. Yeah, right. It'll do two and a half thousand probably, yeah. or two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. Uh, it's a good card, actually. I'm, I'm interested in watching it, but we'll break it down. Uh, if you got anything to get us about this podcast or an upcoming podcast, email us, theredbeltreport at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at redbeltreport. And, uh, I'm on, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at brooksfailing. And I am at the Oreo Report. Find our podcast on iTunes or YouTube. And until next time, we'll see you later. 
Peace. From Dublin, we're more than a dream. He knew one day he'd be the king of the UFC. Oh, with a group of fighting Irish not to be pushed over. Not here to take part, they were here to take over. And from the start, John Kavanaugh by his side. Whoever thought they'd be known worldwide after 60 G's, baby, and a contract to sign, leaving his old life and the social welfare behind. And after two years came the featherweight champion of the world. And Connor said he'd make him look like a little girl. It only took 10 seconds to show his talk wasn't cheap. As he connected with the left and put Aldo to sleep, there's only one Connor McGregor, and there's the fighter better. And he's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather. So, Floyd, watch out, cause the Irish are coming. It can talk all you want, but you do nothing. Only one Conor McGregor, and there's the fighter better. And he's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather. So, Floyd, watch out, cause the Irish are coming. It can talk all you want, but you do nothing. The lightweight belt was next in store To do what no other fighter had ever done before Became the first same time double champ in history And took the chance to apologise to absolutely nobody It came from working on a building site To get a million dollar paychecks from Dana White And there was money, his cars and his clothes he flaunts Cause the double champ does what the f he wants And Mayweather, you're old and you're small And the truth is that you'll do fake all Cause precision beats power and timing beats speed Why have you got a skill back for you can't even read There's only one Conor McGregor and there's the fighter better And he's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather So Floyd watch out cause the Irish are coming It can talk all you want but you do nothing Only one Conor McGregor and there's the fighter better And he's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather So Floyd watch out cause the Irish are coming It can talk all you want but you do well, he dresses to kill, boys Lamborghinis at will Can get inside your head like he was Dr. Phil And if you call him out, have a good reason why Or he'll turn around and say, who the f*** is that guy? And on the 26th of August, we're taking over Vegas The Irish invasion, you can't mistake us Singing songs day and night, till our voices are sore Because when one of us goes, we all go to war There's only one Conor McGregor, and there's a fighter better And he's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather So Floyd, watch out, cause the Irish are coming You can talk all you want, but you do f***ing nothing Only one Conor McGregor, and there's a fighter better And he's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather, so Floyd watch out, cause the Irish are coming, you can talk all you want, but you do nothing, you do f***ing nothing.